Welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 58. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week, we're kicking off 2019 with the super viral Netflix original Bird Box. Bird Box. Yep. If you listened to our previous episode, which was about 100 years ago, (laughs) you will know that we rolled the roulette and got a film called 13 Demons. 13 Demons. And I, we kind of were putting it off. I didn't really want to do it. And then I was saved uh, because it went off Netflix by the time we were going to record this episode. So, Which, again, is kind of our fault for getting caught up in the so holidays long, yeah. and the new year. But we were relaxing. Yeah. We are taking our time. Personal time. Personal time. It's important. Um, it's 2019. We're back. And we decided uh, in, in lieu of um, a movie to do, we would do the meme movie. Yeah. So everyone's talking about Bird Box. It's been memed many a time. If you don't know uh, the memes, just, I don't know, go search Bird Box on Twitter and probably about 50 million of them will pop up. They're usually vagina related. Yeah. So this is a movie about Sandra Bullock wearing a blindfold. Mm-hmm. Everyone wearing a blindfold, but mostly Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock's the A-list actress, former Oscar winner, who is, you know, the reason that this is so popular, I would guess. I would guess maybe, but I also know... How much um, uh, women loving women like myself uh, love Sarah Paulson. True. So she's not really in this movie, but she was in all the trailers and she's in certain parts. And um, She's so in about think, 10 minutes. Max. I think she was a draw, which is unfortunate, again, because she's not really in a lot of it. If you're going to watch Bird Box for Sarah Paulson, don't do it. Go watch something in which she's the star. Yeah. But I think she was probably a draw also because people really love her. She's it, the internet mom. This whole cast is really tremendous. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, it's directed by Suzanne Beer um, and written by Eric Heisserer, who wrote Arrival. Oh. He also wrote the Nightmare on Elm Street remake and the Thing prequel slash remake. Uh, so the like, Nightmare on Elm Street remake is not good, though. Neither is the Thing prequel, but like... I haven't seen he's that. He's worked in horror before. Suzanne yeah, Beer yeah, has yeah. less experience in horror. She directed The Night Manager, which won a bunch of Emmys and stuff. Oh, yes, stuff. people love that. But this, I, I think we could spend some time talking about why this went viral and the Bird Box Challenge um, and the trailer, which I, I feel like got passed around a lot and I think misrepresents this movie. It deeply misrepresents it, yes. Uh, but we should start by answering the question as we can, whether or not it is good and worth watching for our listeners. Well, I may be in the minority on this, uh, but I really liked it. I actually think I liked it more than A Quiet Place, which it's oft compared to for obvious reasons, sensory reasons, and monster reasons. Um, If you don't know what uh, either of these movies are about, this makes no sense, but... You think people are listening to this and they don't know what A Quiet Place is about? They probably might not know what Bird Box is. We haven't really explained it. Sure. If you haven't seen or heard of either of them, A Quiet Place, monsters can hear you, so you gotta be quiet. Bird Box, they will uh, hurt you if you see them, so you gotta keep your eyes closed. Like, sensory stuff going on for both of them. I think they're also similar because they both are about families. Yes. Like, there's the idea of, like, keeping your children quiet in A Quiet Place and keeping your children's eyes closed in Bird Box. It's about, like, it's hard to protect children. They don't always understand. Yeah. Um, the stakes. And so those are both really present in these movies. But I really, I think I've also had some distance from A Quiet Place and it was so popular that I found myself a little put off, put yeah. off and getting down on it I agree. and going to see it really excited and being like, Oh, it was fine. Yeah, that was fine. And then this, 
was far more psychological, yeah. which is more of what I'm interested in, especially with monsters. I don't know if people should watch it. Um, it's fine. It's, it's fine, fine to good. Yeah. Its premise is really good. Its execution is fairly mediocre. If you want to be in on the memes, watch it. If you don't, there are better ways to spend your time. I even think the memes don't even require that you watch it. The memes are mostly, the ones I've seen are about its name or just what you get from a trailer, which is that you can't watch where you're going. Yeah. So let's get into it. Mm -hmm. The fatal flaw of this movie in my book is the fact that it's told non-linearly. I agree. There are two parallel timelines. One... Not parallel. It's 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 current and flashbacks. Yes. There's... Or current, I guess, yeah. Uh, Present day and flashbacks. Right. With five years of distance between them. Mm -hmm. One is basically the... I guess let's call it like the rapture day, the mm-hmm. the, the time the that incident, monsters yeah. happen. And then five years later, uh, Sandra Bullock and two children are trying to row a boat down a river. I don't think it works. Place, yeah. I think that it undermines the tension of the, honestly, what the previous. main story is, yes. which is the, the, the flashbacks, of the main story. It undermines it. The dramatic irony really isn't worth it. And I didn't would even call it dramatic irony. It's like, and they all die. Awesome. Yeah. So, like, yeah, th- th- so that's what happens is that, like, this there's this rapture moment where she's just in a hospital with her sister, she's pregnant, she's going to give birth, and, or not going to give birth, she's, like, two months away from giving birth, yeah. probably. She's in for just an appointment, and all of a sudden, planes are crashing, cars are crashing, there's fire, the ambulances are going crazy, like, everything's happening. They know, they know that um, there were, there are mass suicides in Russia, mm-hmm. and uh, Sandra Bullock is dismissive of yeah, this. It's yeah, it's like, oh, that's in Russia. Don't worry about it. But then it happens in America yeah. and they all start, everything starts going nuts and Sandra Bullock, her sister, who's played by Sarah Paulson, um, crashes the car because she sees, sees something and then lets herself be hit by a truck. And then so Sandra Bullock winds up in a house with a whole cast of characters, names of which you will all recognize. I'll just read a few right now. Uh, John Malkovich uh, from, you know, just being John Malkovich, uh, both in his self and on the movie. Um, Trevante Rhodes from Moonlight. Moonlight, who I love and I'm excited to see new things, even bad things. Uh, B.D. Wong, Daniel McDonald, who is from Dumplin'. And uh, Patty Cakes. Mm-hmm. And one episode of Easy. Yes. Uh, Jackie Weaver, who's great. Lil Rel, who people will recognize from Get Out. Um, Rosa Salazar, who is going to be, I think, Alita ba- Battle Angel, but I recognize her from Parenthood if anyone ever watched that. Machine Gun Kelly, who I did not want to see, and Tom Hollander, who I know best as uh, Collins in Pride and Prejudice, but I don't know who, what you know him from. I don't know. Collins in Pride and Prejudice. Uh, so just a real... Those are some fucking names. That is soup of actors, all mushed up together in this house together. And they're mostly pretty good. I think the performances I think are mostly great. pretty good. And it's like, it's got that vibe that I really love of people in turmoil and the way people react to it, that, like, Trevante Rhodes and Daniel McDonald are, like, these open-hearted people. They want to just bring people into the house. And John Malkovich is, like, stay out of this house. Like, food is dwindling. Mm-hmm. Do not let people in. And everyone else kind of falls into this kind of medium place. Sandra Bullock is not welcoming. I mean, the thing that's set up very quickly is that she's pregnant and so is Danielle McDonald. And Danielle McDonald is, like, Deeply maternal, can't wait to have this baby, like, has dreamed all her life of having this child. And Sandra Bullock very clearly is, like, not, does not want to be a mother. I think that speaks to what I think the strength of Sandra Bullock's performance is, which is 
She's really, she's our protagonist unquestionably. She's really unlikable. She yes, leans she into, I think, what the the easiest criticism of Sandra Bullock as a lead would be, which is that she's very cold. I, yeah. f- I personally find her very cold. She, in a lot of her performances, really just doesn't interest me that much. And right, I think I that agree. in this, she leans into being an unlikable but um, propulsive force. Mm-hmm. And I really liked her performance in this. I think, so yeah. she, she's not very maternal. She's not very concerned about anything other than her own survival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this ends up being true throughout the movie. And I thought it was like a really interesting choice. To have our protagonist be mm-hmm. honestly like such a pain in the ass. Yeah, like, especially that like so then you know as as we know because we know already five versus what you said about it undermining. We know these people are all gonna die because yes. it's just her and two children. And of course, when you see Daniel McDonald, you're like, "There's the other child." That's how yeah. she winds up with two kids. And I'm always so interested in film. Um, in this is gonna sound weird when I said it, but like the wrong one dying. That like Daniel McDonald, no, you don't. You know what I mean. Like yeah. if she wound up with the two children, she would love them and cherish them and like be such a wonderful mother to them. She dies, and Sandra Bullock winds up with the two children, and she is terrible. Like she really yeah. does not get off on a good foot with them. She calls them boy and girl. Those um, are their names. Those are their names. Not yeah. She doesn't call them that. Those are their names. That's all the names that they have. And at first, I thought that was really stupid, and then I was like, oh, it's so that she doesn't get attached to them, which is just, like... Shitty. Shitty and sad and mean. Cruel to do to children. But a really interesting choice. Yes. And I think we kind of have to save part of that conversation because I want to talk about the last 20 minutes of this movie. Yes, me too. And what it's saying about her relationship with those children. Mm-hmm. But I think that, again, I think that's just a really strong choice from her as an actress or even, I don't know if it's in the script, um... That or she in needs the book, to play possibly. It that cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is based on a book. This is based on a book, also, and I have to probably give a lot of the credit, the things I like about this movie to the like book. the premise and the way that premise, it's, the yeah. characters. I'm, I I want to read the book because I want to see how it is set up, and I want to see how they portray things like the monsters because it's very visual. Yes. So I'm very curious how it's done in a book. I'd never heard of the book until the movie, which isn't a great sign for a book, mm-hmm. but I'm still interested in it. I might check it out. Um, because I do like her, and I do like... I mean, I, I hate her. I like that she is an interesting... the character Mallory. I like the character. Met the character Mallory, yeah. Yes. I don't like her, but I like what she's doing. Yeah. Another thing I would like to say up front, as we're talking about all this, this is our least favorite conversation, but to a great extent, this is really straining the limits of what we would call a horror movie. It is a horror movie premise, and it's not really a horror movie execution. No. So when when we're talking about all these people running around in this house, all these A-list actors, um, it's played much lower like a survival thing. It's not, when you think of a lot of people trapped in a house, it's not the horror movie execution of that, of them getting picked off one by one, or them being worried about what's around the corner. It's very much a a slice of life of these people trying to survive. And I think that works for it. This is kind of the other side of what people say when they're like, that's not a horror movie, that's a psychological thriller. And I feel like we're kind of on that side this time, right? Like, it's not very scary. And I want to kind of get into why, um, if that's okay. Sure. There's a big part of this movie, and this was one thing that I liked, and it turned into something that I didn't like. And the one thing that I really liked in the beginning of it is that you never see a monster. Yes. It's never there. You only see people's reaction to it. I love that shit. I'm always so interested in it. I've always said that one of the things I really like about the movie Signs is that you never see the aliens, and then the second you see them, it's stupid. That's how I've always felt about that movie. I think and it's this, true of a lot of sci-fi. It's true of a lot of sci-fi, because the the thing you don't see is always scarier. 
the thing that's always just out of your view. And in this, it, they, you never actually see them, but there is a very weird extended um, the action sequence of them clearly just trying to put some drama in this movie that is basically just people going down a river, um, where she's running through the trees with her children, and the this trees... This is at the end, by the this way. This is the very end. Uh, the trees are moving in a way that suggests that they are just invisible. Yes. And that they're only visible when you see them, I guess. That's the premise. Um, Would you I, like to get into these monsters? We can, if you want to. I just think that's dumb. Um, I, uh, if you show me that they're invisible and they can move trees, I don't know. That just felt weird. I agree. To me. Let's talk about these monsters. So I think that, because I think that what else are we going to talk about? A bunch of people in a house yelling at each other. Uh, <laughs> we get the premise of that. Yeah. Uh, the, We've all seen survivalist things. Uh, like po- This is very post-apocalyptic. Yes. That the vibe. scene at the end, the last 20 minutes are the trailer, basically, which is its own problem. But sucks. the last 20 minutes feature this extended um, running through the woods blind scene mm-hmm. where, like you said, it's it's basically like um, like harsh gusts of wind. <laughs> Yes. Is chasing them. And sometimes you saw that earlier in the movie, and it would be just sort of that you'd be, like, standing, and you'd see the leaves kind of go by you, and it'd be like, oh, they're near. But it wasn't that they were literally the wind. Right. We should also address the thing that, the thing that happens is, if you haven't picked it up, that you see these creatures, and either you see them... Or what you're seeing, which is it's sort of implied that it's a it's a hallucination. Yeah, you don't. It doesn't make you see them. You see something else. It causes you, you to commit suicide. Yeah. Unless you're one of this group of people who they never come out and say anything. They're never organized, but it's basically a cult of people worshiping them, mm-hmm. and that's what makes this super Lovecraftian. Yeah, is that like there is this unknowable psychological horror and then there's these people obsessed with the unknowable psychological yeah. horror they think it's beautiful they say that like it's yeah. so beautiful you'll it'll just change everything when you see it you'll just be in love with it so when they when they when they when these people and the movie doesn't get into what whether it's a biological difference or a psychological difference when they see them they don't are driven to commit suicide they're driven to make other people want to see it or make them just make them see it just hold their eyes open until they yes. see it uh, but not out of a, a we want you to kill yourself, out of a it is beautiful and majestic. Which is so weird because then they, they do it and they see people kill themselves and they're like, oh well. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, don't see, they don't see that part of it. And I think that's the other reason why it sort of drove me crazy that this, in the end, became something so physical. Because the way that it is, is that like, that could mean that it was in your brain. Right? That could mean that you weren't yes. even seeing it, that when you see it, there's something about it. There's just, there's so many interesting questions about it, the monster, all these different monsters running around, if you never actually see that it has a form. But if they're moving trees, yeah, then they have a form. I just, that... I think th- that, I think that it's, it's so interesting that we never see it and that we yeah, aren't, it's unexplained. And then at the end, it really undermines it. By having them chase her. Also, why are they chasing her? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's stupid. That's so stupid. It's like, yeah, the, that's when it became a quiet place, and they're just yeah. like, nope, we're physical monsters with big, sharp teeth, and what are they going to do if they catch her? They yeah. can't make her... Like, it's... Oh, my God. They could, but they could be anything, right? Like, it could be microscopic. It could be 
they couldn't have a physical form, right? Yeah. So it comes up like it could whether be or not these are so like beyond our brains that we can't even process it. Right. Like making them have physical form takes the mystery away, but adds more questions in a bad way. In a way that undermines the things that worked about the first yes, hour and the a half. the mystery and the, like, like you said, the, like, the cosmic horror yes. of it all. I Yeah, I had a real problem with that. I, I think the other thing that did work for me in it is that it, it's hard to unknow the last 20 minutes, which I think kind of ruined it, but... Yeah. The fact that most of the time we're just seeing people's faces, it's not just that we don't see the monster, it's that we're, it's reaction shots of people looking at it, and Mm -hmm. a lot of actors doing interesting things with their faces, and Mm -hmm. crying, Mm -hmm. and there's some, um, CGI, CGI like their eyes get all weird. Yeah, Yeah, their eyes transform, in a Mm way, um, to, once you've seen it, that it it marks you as having seen it. Uh Uh-huh. And I thought that was a really good directorial decision, is focus on the people seeing the monstrosities, even like even the ones who killed themselves. Like yes. we just see their horror and their transformation. Sarah Paulson is the first one of these we see, and it is extremely effective, partially because Sarah Paulson is incredible. She's a great actress, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I thought that really worked for me. And then undermining it with action. This movie doesn't need action. Like let it no. be, let it play out psychologically. And I guess I also want it to be scarier. I think I did that Yeah. Thing. Which I think it is if there isn't a big chase scene because those actually aren't that scary. No. Uh, there are so many different ways of adding horror. And there were times it was scary. Like, I actually thought it was less scary. There's a part where she's on the um, the river with the children and you start hearing someone yelling at her. Yeah. And he's like, oh, those children must be hungry. Bring them over here. Like, take off your blindfolds. You're safe. Like, there's a lot of coercion that's happening That is that is scary. Uh, and then it ruins it by adding like, oh, there's pu- it's punch time. Like let's have a little, yeah. let's have a big fight. And so there's a lot of times when again this movie like undermines itself, and that actually happens a lot with um, book adaptations. I found mm-hmm. that books don't have that. You don't have to have a big fight scene in a book, um, but people always add them into movies, and it often is so uh, forced, and it's it's just really unfortunate in this movie because. A lot of it is really, really interesting and good. Yeah. Can I say some other things I don't like about it? Sure. Um, the title's real dumb. Bird Box, uh, of course, like, if you haven't seen it, you don't know what that's going to be. Why is it called Bird Box? And then it's, like, in the first, like, 10, 15 minutes of the movie, she, like, puts some birds in a box, and that's the Bird Box. Yep. That's it. So the birds the birds <laughs> can sense the monsters, and Yes, they... they'll start cheeping. Cheeping? Chirping? Cheeping. Birds can cheep, too. They go, cheep, cheep. Cheep, cheep, fun, fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she keeps them in a box so that she knows that they're there. Yeah. I wonder, I do wonder if there's something more metaphorical in the book. Maybe. That they are, like, birds trapped in a box. I don't know. Uh, in this, it was like, oh, there's the birds in the box. Yeah, bird box. Got it. Good. <laughs> Good to go. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Is there more that you want to dunk there on? There was, and I don't remember what it is now. Uh, this isn't something necessarily that I hated, but it was weird. Uh, I'm fine with Sandra Bullock playing younger than she is. She's in her 50s, and she's yeah. pregnant in this movie, which is, like, not unheard, unheard of. of. But it's definitely not, like, well, you're pregnant. Like, it's a big deal. Um, 
And then she, we skipped over this part majorly. This is another thing I didn't like inside of this thing I don't like, is that once everyone in the house is gone, it's just her and Trevante Rhodes left and they have a little spark and then it literally cuts five years later. Yeah. Which I was like, that's, uh, I don't know about that. I need a lot more information about what went on between the two of you that now you guys are like parents of these children and you've been moving, I guess they've been moving from house to house getting more food. They have a home base. I don't even know where they are. It was all very unclear. It only exists to set up the stuff in the other timeline that, I don't know, is more marketable? I don't know. I don't like, know. I genuinely don't know why the five years later stuff exists. It actually is a really, this movie has a really nice ending that I, I the very end, like the last literally minute, yeah. I think is really sweet, but it doesn't. It, it doesn't earn it. I don't care no, about them going no, down this no. river. I don't care about them no. surviving five years later. Right. I, I want there to be a happy ending and that it has to exist with the river, I guess. It doesn't have to be intercut with all the other stuff. Like we've already talked about. We don't need them side by side. Just have the whole movie happen. Trevante Rhodes eventually dies. Uh, there's actually a very beautiful moment that only Trevante Rhodes could inspire this kind of like love in my heart with this movie being not as good as it could be. Yeah. But, um... They're running from people, from cult members who want them to see the the monsters. And Trevante Rhodes has his blindfold off and he sees the monster. And in the moment before it, like, takes over his brain or whatever, he shoots the cult member so that Sandra Bullock and the kids can escape. Yeah. And then he kills himself. And so there's, like, a really beautiful moment there of, like, he loves them so much that he has the strength. That he has to do the that. strength to do that. It's that it was very. He's just a fantastic actor. So like, of course, it was wonderful. Um, but their relationship was weird to me because he's half her age. Yeah. And like, that's fine. Uh, it's, you know, it's it is what it is. I didn't love it. She can get it. You know, like it's fine. Yeah. It would be so uncomfortable if it was a man and a woman, though. Like yeah. the other way around, I would be very, very put off. But by I don't that. think it's a problem because it is gender flip. I'm less put off by it, but I'm still put off by it. It's not as bad as it would be, but I still don't love it. If I'm being totally honest, I wish that Sandra Bullock wasn't in this movie. As much as I said, I do like her performance. And it was an actress who would um, benefit from the exposure of this. True. Uh, True. And maybe then you could cast someone who's 30. Right. Uh, and I think that would work a lot better. Yeah. But there's probably something to be said for, as with all of these, why didn't you cast XYZ? Yeah. Maybe the <laughs> movie wouldn't have gotten made. Right. Yeah. Without... Natalie Portman starring in Annihilation or right, right, something like right. that. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't really buy it, but I liked a lot of her other performances in the, in the, this movie. The five-year jump feels a lot to me like in a TV show where they're like, oh, we ha somebody had a baby and now we don't want to have a baby be a plot point. Yes, yes. So we're just going to have a time jump. Absolutely. And the kids are great. They're very cute. The girl is so much more the star than the boy of the two of them. I don't, I don't know why that is, but I feel like she's much more... A part of it and we find out at one point that like she is the child of the woman who died mm -hmm. and there absolutely is a weird kind of there's a very sad moment where when this when the person told Sandra Bullock to uh, come down the river he said at one point someone's gonna have to look yeah like you have to take your blindfold out of and look because you have to find us by sight in some way I don't know that he actually said that he said something like someone has to look and then he got cut off and it's possible he didn't actually say that. Yeah. But they think he said that. So she tells the children that someone has to look. And then the little boy goes, I'll do it. And she's like, no, no, I'll decide who looks. And then the little girl's like, I'll do it. And you see Sandra Bullock really consider letting her do it. And the little the, the moment of Sandra Bullock realizing that she would let the little girl do it because the little girl is like, big quotes here, 
technically not her daughter, even though she raised her and is absolutely her mother, and there's no question. But she has this moment where you see her kind of go like, am I going to sacrifice this child? And then the little girl being like, is she going to sacrifice me? And it's silent. They don't say anything. They're just looking at each other. And the little girl is like about to cry. And then Sandra Bullock is like, no, no one's looking. And I felt like the relief of that in that moment so deeply. It was very touching. It works. Again, because it leans into how fucked up the character is. Yes. And I think that's, that's actually... We'll, we can get to the thing that really drove me the most the most crazy. Of all the things you've already named that have driven me crazy about this movie, the thing that drove me the most crazy, and if you've seen the trailer, you've already seen the biggest moment of the movie, which is when she admits that these children are her children. Yep. Like, the that's whole a, time... That's a big emotional payoff. It's a big emotional payoff. They're girl and boy. She's really cruel to them. She says something in the, that's like the first line of the movie that she's like, if you take your blindfold off, I will hurt you. Yeah. Which is this, like, threat of abuse to keep them safe. It's very complicated and confusing and upsetting. Um, and Trevante Rhodes at one point when he's still alive confronts her and is like, you don't let them have dreams. You don't let them, ha- you don't let them be children. And Sandra Bullock has this like, nope, they don't get to be children. And like, rightfully calls her out on not letting them have names. Yeah. It's messed up. So then we go this, you know, this whole movie, there's a scene where Sandra Bullock uh, goes into a hospital to see if they can get more blankets. Cause there's been gone. And the little girl thinks she's been gone too long and tries to follow her. And then you see the little girl get yanked and get pulled by her the little string that she's on. And I was like, a monster got her. And then she winds up and you hear this sort of like grunt of anger, this like primal sort of like, and it's Sandra Bullock. And that was a great moment of like, she is their monster. They have not like seen what it is they're supposed to be so afraid of. They only like have her to fear. And she's cruel to them. So then when she falls and hits her head, there's a bird, she falls and hits her head. And they kind of wander away, and she finds the boy right away, and then she's calling for the girl, and she can't find her, and the little boy is like, she's scared of you, which is just, like, awful. Yeah. And then when she, like, has them, you're like, she says, like, don't take my children, and it's the first time she's ever admitted that she, that these are her children. And then (laughs) it ruins it. It just stomps all over that beautiful complicated emotion with the chase scene no no no. i was gonna say with her being like i love you and you are my children like she just starts explaining it which this character would never do she says also it's dumb to to have to take that moment but well there there are probably people who are who would do that but her being like taking this moment and now she's she's got them in her arms and instead of just like holding them she goes into this whole speech of like, I'm sorry I never gave you names, and I'm sorry I never appreciated you. This monologue. And I'm like, this is so against character, and mm-hmm. you're wasting my time. I get it. Yeah. And actually, so do these children. Yeah. Like, they need to be told I love you, absolutely. But you don't need to get into this right now. Like, get also get to your safe space. This is not the time for this monologue. You're still in danger. She also ends up renaming them at age five without really consulting them. And I think that's a little too old to be like, your name is now Tom. I don't know. I disagree only because, like, they probably really want names. <laughs> They're like, please name me. And there is a nice feeling of her giving them, like, it, her giving them the names is what she should have done five years ago. So there's a feeling of, like, She's finally owning up to it. But again, 
she looks at her and she's like, your name is Olympia and your name is Tom, which was the mother of the girl and then Trevante Rhodes' character's name. Mm -hmm. And then she continues, she goes, and you're my children. And I'm your mother. And I'm your mother. And it's like, yeah, we get it. You just told us I did write down, ago. LOL, I am their mother. Yes, we know. We know. We know. We got it. So there's a lot of... I hate when the filmmaker does not trust me to get it. And the th that's an unfortunate end to this movie because the emotional payoff of her screaming, do not take my children... Her discovering really, motherhood. Like, really worked for me. Uh, and then they fucking ruined it. So that was not my favorite. Can I talk about something I did like? Yes, please. So when we're all trapped in this house and people aren't dying, I think that the cast being so good means that these characters are so much more fleshed out and have a lot more resonance than the average, there's eight people in a house and they're going to die one by one. Yeah, totally. Um, B.D. Wong being, it's B.D. Wong's house and he's also the first to die, but like he is gay mm -hmm. and... John Malkovich, who is his neighbor, is trying to sue him to prevent remodeling on his house because mm -hmm. B.D. Wong's at it, husband yeah. is an architect. Mm -hmm. It's like a whole thing. Um, and Machine Gun Kelly and Rosa Salazar are like, he's a junkie and she's a cop, but they're like They have a really a, a nice little war-torn romance. Yeah, there's yeah. like things, like some of these people are on screen for literally probably 10 minutes total. But they have that. a lot of depth. But they have depth. We know a lot about Olympia, yeah. who is the the daughter, the little girl's mother. And she's dies. the last person to show up. She's the last person to show up, but she, like, her husband's in the military. She has this long speech on how she's very soft, which, let me tell you, I feel seen for the first time in a post-apocalyptic movie because I would not survive. I am very soft. I am very, like... I, I could not run away from zombies. I could not, uh, you know, kill people to forage for food or whatever. Like, that is me in a horror movie or a post-apocalyptic, like, you know, yeah, uh, scenario. kind of movie scenario. And usually it's, like, women who are like, yeah, well, I, I've, I've known how to use a gun since I was six years old on my father's farm. The like, your next situation. Yes, which is amazing. Gotta love... I Obviously, I love seeing powerful women. It's great. But I also love seeing me, the girl who's, like... My parents and my husband have loved me and taken care of me, and I not not like I can't fend for myself. She gets into the house, yeah. but she's not equipped to like kill people yeah. or fight for food. She's like a just a nice regular person, and that felt very nice for me to see. She's very fleshed out. Yeah, I also want to highlight the what I think is the best of these performances, which is John Malkovich doing a wonderful job specifically because he is he kills it he's playing like the heel he's mm -hmm. not he's not the villain there's a part where maybe you think he might be the villain but he's just uh uh relatively self-centered yeah. really depressed he's an asshole he's an asshole and he's really depressed and he's really self-centered he's an alcoholic and for sure, he yeah. he is ruthless and uncaring and mean to the people in this house but Again, John Malkovich adds a lot of depth to this. Mm -hmm. And there are parts where he's clearly having fun being an asshole yeah. in a way that I think works really, really well. He has a really sweet moment with B.D. Wong because they're neighbors. So they're the only ones who know each other when yeah. everyone shows up. Um, and they're being kind of snipey to each other because John Malkovich doesn't want anyone else to come in. And B.D. Wong's like, this is my house. You can't tell people not to come into my house. And then they're, they have a moment right before B.D. Wong's kind of about to test the monsters, yeah. semi-sacrifice himself a little bit. And John Malkovich says something like, you know, me suing you 
was never about like you and your husband. Like yeah. I liked him. I like you guys. Like it was never about that. And he leaves the room and BD Wong like watches him go with this really sweet, like fondness. Like you old asshole. Like I know you're not a homophobe. Like yeah. you never made me feel unsafe. You just are a dick. And that's, and that is a really important divide that exists is that like, he's not dangerous to them with like homophobic violence. He's just a dick. He's just yeah. an asshole. He's just your your regular old idiot crotchety, jerk, crotchety like old man. Yeah. So like that's a really important distinction to make. Cause I never hated him. I was like, you're going about this the wrong way, but I wasn't like I never feared for any of them. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a really interesting distinction. The the only other big thing I wanted to talk about is um and I sort of alluded to this earlier as being my main interest is like what what is going on here? What are these monsters? What is their motivation? Which we can also talk about in terms of their motivation up to the point where they decide starting to chase Sandra Bullock because that feels out of character for the monsters. Yeah, and I, I would almost not even worry I wish about I, that. <laughs> I wish I didn't have to think about that because I think that that ruins. Dumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, what do they want? Where are they from? Lil Rel, who is a an author, uh, posits at one point that every mm-hmm. culture has names for this and that it's some sort of like rapture scenario yeah it's a punishment for mankind mm-hmm. um because i feel like usually in movies like this we get like oh there was a weird meteor crashed or like we oh astronauts came back from space and they brought some weird pipe that they found that has mold on it that is going to give us all you know hallucinations of aliens whatever whatever is that harbinger down Yes, they find it in an iceberg. Um, and in Quiet Place, I believe there is something yeah. very... In, there's some inciting, like, mm-hmm. this happened and now these monsters are here. There is nothing like that, unless I missed something on the TV that they were talking about. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. It's global. We know that it's global mm-hmm. uh, because it's... But it it's has in Europe been and somewhere and spread yes. also. So it spreads like an epidemic. Um, again, we don't have a sense of... Again, setting aside the stupid thing, we don't know if they're creatures walking around or flying around or like moving, or if it's like literally in the air. Yeah, it's some sort of because that's the thought I have. Some, it's some sort of like microscopic, um, unsensible thing that's yes. just like permeating. Yes, the world. Uh, but like what? It's okay that it doesn't explain it, but it doesn't stop me wanting to talk about it. Yeah, like, what it is, what it wants, what the end game. Because oh, we should start with the ending. Uh. Yes. But yes, like what yes, like yes. what is what is the future of humanity and what is I didn't the future feel of this, like, like for a long know. time that they had a goal. Again, like you said, the problem of them chasing Sandra Bullock is that like that means that they do want, want her and they've that's never happened before. Actually specifically it's really weird that like if these are physical things it seems like every time somebody opens a window, there's one right out there. Yep. So that makes it seem much more that it's like, it's the air. Yeah, I appreciate that they're sort of universal. I think that's more interesting than them being big hulking things. And right. I agree that they it's weird for them to have desire. So at the end, we should talk about, because they're not... Mm-hmm. This movie ends, hopefully. They end up finding the people they've been talking to uh, on their trip down the river is a school for the blind... Mm-hmm. And it is a community of blind people and refugees mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of birds. Right. <sighs> I think they must have already had birds. Yeah. Which makes sense for um, someone who's blind to have as a pet or a, um, for them to have like in their little atrium that they have. I like that at the end of this movie, the people best equipped to survive are 
non-seeing people. Yeah. And the 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 seeing people are at risk because I guess I guess nothing will ever happen to blind people. No, I don't. Even, I mean, they're not at risk because this doesn't do. They, this isn't like a quiet place where they're. If they get you, they'll rip you to shreds with their claws. Yeah. Like you're not at risk. They are yeah. safe, and so and they're equipped to live in the world without seeing. Right? right. They don't need sight. They already have. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a cool message about positing a post-apocalyptic scenario in which disability uh, is powerful. Is powerful and yeah. like in a. In a new world that humanity has to build, disability providing an advantage mm-hmm. rather than the world that we are in now not being built for. And not those to people. again compare to constantly that I do a quiet place and even a movie like Hush, where yeah. the fear is, oh my God, they can't hear. Yeah, they can't hear how loud they're being, and they're and so and so is going to come get them, um, and they can't. I mean, it, it's a quiet place. Sorry, spoilers for a quiet place in this. There is a moment where she does use the um, her hearing aid is what sends the monsters yes. away. So that is the same kind of thing. Disability disability has Which power. I like a lot. Your tool that you use for your disability is what helps you against these monsters. I like that in it, but it's even more powerful in this movie. That like, I actually just finished a book that was about someone who was blind, and there's a lot of talk about the tyranny of the visual and how like the whole world is built for people who can see, and. This being like is like people will be evolutionary like evolutionarily compelled yep. to be blind or non-seeing because that is the best way to be safe in this world, which is very interesting to me. But again, this also is why this movie ends up kind of falling apart in terms of the questions that I'm asking about. Is there a defined traits or or goals or rules for these monsters? Mm-hmm. Because they are in like the school for the blind. They've barricaded the doors, but like. They're just this little enclave, so they can't be the air because they can't get in. The monsters are, are outside, and they can't enter the building. Or even if they could, does it matter? Well, no, yeah, and they're not in the house either. Right, they can't enter they the house. They can't enter the house. They are, everyone's walking around. They're like vampires. They're vampire, they're microscopic vampires that make you kill yourself. Right, <laughs> and they can be in the sun. It's, it's, just, it's silly. It's really unfortunate because as we've, as we've probably gleaned, we have very mixed feelings on this movie. It's... I would watch it because, like, for people who are asking, I would watch it because I think there were a lot of that was good, but if you watch it and hate it, I won't be surprised. Yeah. Like, it's not great. It's just fine. Yeah. So I don't know. People really did like A Quiet Place, though, so maybe they would like this also. Yeah. They're both, I think they're both fine movies. I mean, this is really viral. We should talk about that. There's a bird box challenge. Yeah, guys, don't do the bird box challenge. Where people uh, put a blindfold That's on dangerous. and then try to do shit. Someone crashed their car. It's people bad. keep getting hurt. Don't it's do dangerous. that. dangerous. Don't do it's that. It's stupid. <laughs> oh, God. Did we talk about the bot accounts? No. So, uh, we may be biting the hand that feeds here, but uh, <laughs> someone, someone, Netflix, uh, seems to have created a lot of bot accounts on Twitter whose sole purpose is to disseminate and popularize bird box memes. Yeah. And this is a strategy being employed far too often recently. I just don't get it, because, like, you know you're going to get caught. Yeah. Who has successfully done this? Who successfully employed a bunch of bots to tweet about them? Because all you have to do it is go to the thing a national election. and be like... I think that those are more those are more intense though because you have the second you go to the Twitter and you're like oh you have two followers and you've been around since um, January 2019 okay you're not real yeah or like um, it's usually people who can like find their picture and it's like a stock photo yes and it's like stop 
doing that, you guys. Everyone out there, if you're going to create bot accounts, don't use stock photos. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't, you can't backdate Twitter, but like, try to make yourself look like a more of a real person than stop, just creating. Stop. Stop encouraging people. Like, stop. <laughs> That's true. I shouldn't be telling you how to make a bot. Um, it's weird. It's, it's weird because I think this movie would have gone, would have had popularity regardless. I don't yes. know. Gone viral is clearly their goal. So I don't know what, I don't, I don't know how to measure virality, nor am I interested in that. Me neither. But this is a big hit for Netflix. I think they said it was like their biggest streaming, like the first really? weekend or whatever was like their biggest ever or something. That's surprising because this also wasn't even hyped that much. Like the first time I heard of it, it was coming in a week. Yeah. So like, what, they didn't even really do that much marketing around it. I don't think. I I think it's all word of mouth stuff. Wild. Yeah, Bird Box was uh, viewed by 45 million subscribers in its first seven days, the most for the first week of a movie's availability. That seems like a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what if it is a lie? That's horrifying. Imagine, well, because nobody knows what Netflix's numbers are. But Imagine, Netflix, think about ooh. it, 45 million. So translate that to, I know it's not analogous, but like translate that to like movie tickets and the amount of money that would make. That's like, again, people will watch a movie at, on home, at home on their couch that they wouldn't go pay to see in the theaters. Yeah. But, like, that seems fudged. What even is their subscriber base? This is a separate conversation for a separate yeah, podcast. Yeah, you're actually talking about a different, like, horror movie about, you know, like, what, how we don't know anything that corporations are telling us is true. Like, you're, scaring, you're scaring me a little bit. Our lives. Yeah. Uh, are you ready America to... America in 2019. Put some birds in a box and shuffle off down the river? I am ready. <laughs> shuffle off down the river. That sounds like a very different movie. All right, ready? Are we going to do the roulette? Yeah, I have it up right now. Did you update it? Nope. Cool. Ready? Why don't you spin it anyway? Spinning. Our next movie will be... Oh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which one is that? I've always wanted to know what happened first before the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about it either. I don't, I don't it's from it... 2006. Is this the Texas Chainsaw remake? I mean, or is it's it a different... called The Beginning, so I don't think so. Hold on. This sounds like a backdoor way for us to talk about Texas Chainsaw, which is great. I agree. I no, mean, it's, I think it's this is remake. a sequel. This is a sequel it's a to... Sequel. It's a prequel. It's a prequel to the remake. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Matt Bomer's in it. This is a Platinum Dunes movie. Does that make you excited? or? I'm uh... thrilled. <laughs> Alright, so as long as it doesn't leave Netflix... In the, in, the, in the next two weeks. If we release episodes on time again. Then our next movie will be The Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre, Massacre. The Beginning. The beginning. <laughs> oh boy, this one's going to be fun. Can't wait. Until then, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Leave us a review. Don't do the Bird Box Challenge. Don't Tell do your the friends. Bird Box Challenge. Tell your friends not to do the Bird Box Challenge. Tell your friends not to make bot accounts on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> And we are back. We're back. We're back for good. Uh, please. Well, we were only gone like six weeks. Not only six weeks. I mean, we've done this before. We're not going to do it again. We're sorry. It's our New Year's resolution to not take any more really long breaks. We're sorry. We're sorry. We try. Podcasting we is hard work. It's really hard. Oh, so sad. Thank you, Wes Craven, for making horror movies about complicated female protagonists who are not perfect. Because, you know, that's what we like to see here and now screaming and bird box does that right it does so thank you what's did it better yeah 
Wes Craven. He does everything better. I don't know why we're even having this discussion. Why did you only make like twenty movies? Because we keep thanking you for the things you did, but you only did like twenty things. (laughs) Oh my god, he only did twenty things. Well, yeah, we're gonna repeat ones. Most of which are all-time classics. Uh, Don't criticize Wes for that. It's not his fault. Until next time, everybody, keep your eyes open and And stay stay spooky. spooky. (laughs) All right. Ooh.